Hi, and welcome to the Medicine for Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lynn Stiff. I'm a dietitian turned physician passionate about empowering people to use their lifestyle as medicine. Many of the chronic diseases and cancers that affect our world can be prevented. I'm on a mission to provide you with evidence-based tools and education so you can implement realistic and sustainable changes into your life to combat disease, reach your health goals, and lead your best life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Let's begin this journey together. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me for today's episode. I'm very excited to be back. I actually recorded a number of my episodes earlier in February, and um, today is my first episode since all of this coronavirus chaos that has erupted. Um, And so it will be nice to talk about something not related to COVID. As many of you may know, um, my full-time job is as a hospitalist, And uh, so you can imagine with everything going on, that's basically all that I do 24-7, even when I'm off. It's been quite overwhelming. So um, I think that this week's episode is especially important with everything going on. And um, I'm just really excited to talk about something not related to the coronavirus. So I hope you all are staying healthy and safe and figuring out some new norms in the midst of uh, sheltering in place. I know not every state has this as a requirement, but we have it here in Colorado, and I would really recommend everyone consider doing that. Uh, This virus is pretty bad, and um, I can speak firsthand about uh, what it's been like the last three weeks, and I can only emphasize the importance of trying to prevent its spread and flatten the curve. So I hope you all are doing your part. And today we're talking about the sixth step to achieving complete wellness, and the topic is intentionally moving. So uh, there are 1,440 minutes every single day. And as you may recall from last week, you should be sleeping for about eight hours of those. And so there's actually 960 wakeful minutes during the day. And the recommendations are for us to be physically active for 60 minutes every day just 60 minutes out of 960. And when you think about that in the big picture, I hope you see why that should be attainable and should be a priority. And it's not that you need to be exercising super vigorously. You don't have to go out and run. You don't need to do HIIT classes or CrossFit. You could just move. And so today I want to talk about how we can add up our movement minutes throughout the day with simple tips so that you can get at least one hour of actual movement during your day. Now, exercise and physical activity are slightly different things. Today, I'm not going to parse details. This really is just how can we get you to move more? And if we can get you to do sustained exercise for an entire hour, that would be amazing. But I also know it, the reality is that most people don't have one hour in the day. Everyone's struggling to figure out how to fit more into less. And so my goal today is that we can find some ways that you can add physical activity and movement into your day by augmenting things that you're already doing. So today I want to give you 10 tips for how you can be moving more. And before I start, I really want to emphasize that the current reality of how we're living is different than how we were living two months ago 
and how we will be living in the future. I think right now is a really great opportunity for us to find creative ways to add exercise into our days since we're all basically stuck home. Um, There are a few of us who do need to leave for work, but for the most part, people are working from home, they're homeschooling, and trying to balance so many things within the house. And with the guidelines for COVID, you actually can go outside. There's, we're not Italy right now where you have to stay in your, the confine of your home. You can go out and be in nature, go for walks and do things outside. So I think this point of time, it's actually a great opportunity for us to make this part of our normal routine. So then when we fast forward three or four months, when maybe life is more normal, hopefully, uh, but maybe life is more normal, then these will be things that we're just used to doing. Because you may recall that it takes 21 days to form a habit, and I'm quite positive we will all be sheltering in place for at least 21 days. So why not take advantage of this opportunity to be more active now so it just becomes a routine and in the future we can implement that into the way of life that we're used to or who knows what life will be like after all of this but you know what our new normal will be so 10 tips the first is to walk and talk right now most people are separated from family and loved ones that don't live in their immediate home with this shelter in place we're not supposed to travel and we're not supposed to be gathering in groups and so there's a lot of people in our lives that we are going to be in touch with over the phone and so one great opportunity for you to get some exercise or physical activity in would be to go for a walk while you're on the phone catching up with friends and family it might be a little tricky to skype so if you're trying to do like a video chat of some kind Um, I would probably not be walking on a sidewalk. You could kind of walk around your yard or your driveway or just your immediate vicinity. But um, I would really reserve this more for talking on the phone like the old school way. So um, if you're talking to someone, chances are the phone call will be 20 minutes long if you're catching up on how things are going, um, maybe longer. That could be 20 minutes of physical activity just thrown in there when you otherwise would be sitting and talking on the phone. And it's not that you need to be walking super fast and, and huffing and puffing. You can be going at whatever comfortable pace. The difference is you're not sitting in place, you're moving your body. And you're working your lungs by talking while you are moving. And so this is a great idea. I used to do this during um, college quite frequently. Whenever I would call home, I would go for a walk and I would usually get a three mile walk in just chatting on the phone with family. So I would really recommend um, trying this out. The second tip is to take the stairs. So one of my biggest pet peeves is that the stairs are hidden in a dark corner of every building. Sometimes you'll go somewhere and there'll be this big, beautiful grand staircase. Typically it goes up one flight of stairs. Um, But if you need to go any further, you have to ask somebody where the stairs are. Conversely, the elevators are conveniently located in the middle of, you know, in your line of sight. They're usually grand and somewhat appealing, and it's just the automatic reflex to go right to the elevators. The elevators are there for people who can't physically take the stairs. Let's say you're carrying 80 pounds and you don't want to carry that upstairs. Elevator's pretty reasonable for that. You have a stroller, you're in a wheelchair, you have an injury. All of these things feel no shame in taking the elevator. That's why it's there. But most of us have two working legs and we can take the stairs. And by taking the stairs, you're getting some physical activity. You're making your lungs work because even 
Like I run half marathons and I'm on my way to training for a marathon and I still huff and puff when I get to the top of the fifth flight of stairs. So it's okay, but it's great for your heart. It's great for your lungs and it's good for the environment. I don't know how much electricity and energy is needed to power one of those elevators up and down, but I can't imagine that it's trivial, especially when it happens all day long. And so a great way to prevent the use of unnecessary energy would be to take the stairs. So um, whenever you go to a place, if your mind thinks, where are the stairs? And that becomes um, what your intention is, you will find the stairs and you'll think to ask for them if you can't find them, as opposed to the non-intentional, just kind of going with default where you'll go right to the elevator. I really think if most people had this in the front of their mind, the stairs would be much more popular and companies would make the stairs more appealing so they're not in some dark hallway and you wonder if you're even supposed to be in them because I definitely have had those moments where I wonder if I'm in the employee only uh, way to get up. So um, the first step would be to start taking the stairs more and then hopefully that will increase how many people around you take the stairs. And then it would be encouraging these businesses to make the stairs appealing with um, art and better lighting um, and maybe leaving the door propped open so people can find it. The third step is to park further away. This is the easiest way to get more steps in your day because oftentimes when we go to a, a store, because even with shelter in place, you can still go to the store. So you can still practice this now. But when you go to a store, you park in the closest spot because it's the fastest. We're always about convenience and being efficient, right? That's probably also why we take the elevators. Um, in a total sidebar, I have tested with people where they go wait in line with the elevator and I take the stairs and we usually get to the place at the same time. So that's not necessarily faster. But back to this tip, um, you know, we want things to be quick. So we park really close and I get it. I do this sometimes too. I have three kids, five and under. I don't really want to have to watch them toddle along from the back of the parking lot. Um, I would much rather just park close and get in and get out. But not everyone is in that life phase. And pre-kids, I would always park as far away. I mean, I'd be like the last car in the lot. <laughs> um, it doesn't take that much more time. It's like one or two minutes added on to your walk-in. And it's more steps because... When you're walking that whole way, I mean, I bet you're getting 200 steps going from back there all the way into the grocery store, wherever you're going. And so um, I would really encourage you all to consider parking further. Again, those closer parking spots are meant for people with young children, people who are handicapped, people with injuries, or older people who have medical conditions that prohibit them from being able to walk long distances. So save those spots for people who really need them and use your two legs to walk all the way across the parking lot. Um, this also goes along with um, if you're parking at like a strip mall, and this happens a lot where I live, there are a number of strip malls, where maybe I need to go to three stores in the strip mall. So instead of parking at one, going in, getting my stuff, filling my trunk, driving to the next one, I pick one that's in the middle of all of them. And I park at that point, I go to my first shop, my first stop, and maybe I need to push the grocery cart kind of a ways and it's sort of a pain, but it does not take that much more time. And it also saves gas because you're not turning your car on to drive over, you know, a quarter mile, park again and do it again. So try to be strategic with when you plan out your trips. If you're going to a place with a strip mall, figure out where the best place to park is. Maybe you're going to the grocery store first. So maybe it's logical to park 
by that store so you don't have to push the grocery cart a, you know, a half a mile away um, and then you can just fill your car up, but then go take some walks to go to the other stops that you have. Um, and it's often not as far as we think. Um, since I run a lot, I kind of visually can figure out where like a tenth of a mile and a quarter mile are. And these strip malls are not that big, people. Like you could park in one spot indefinitely very conveniently walk to the other places. So really try to think about how you can plan it out so that you're able to just park once and not be driving spot to spot. The fourth tip is to try to make physical activity fun. So if you have kids, this is a really great thing, but if you're just fun at young and heart, you can do this too. But, um, you know, when you're playing games, try to find ways to just have more movement involved. So kids love things like racing and being silly. And so maybe you can just play a racing game where you pick two spots and you all do a foot race, or maybe you pick two spots and people have to do something silly. Like you have to do a silly walk from one end to the other and everyone has to copy you. Um, maybe you will make a little course around your house. We did this with my kids um, for, it started over spring break, but we're continuing it. We actually made a course through the city that we're trying to complete. And so every day um, we'll either do our loop that we typically do, or we will mark off on a map how far we've traveled. So try to find ways to make physical activity part of the fun that you have every day. The fifth tip um, is to ask yourself, could I do what I'm doing while I'm moving? Is there a way to make more movement incorporated into this? So right now I'm sitting at a chair doing this podcast. I could probably go for a walk and do a podcast. The one downfall is that the audio would be worse because I cannot carry this microphone. It needs to be plugged in. Um, but there are things that we can do in our day-to-day. -day. Like I could probably set up a standing desk and I could be pacing a little. Um, if I were uh, cleaning the house, I could probably put on some music and dance a little while I'm cleaning. If I'm talking to my kids at the end of the day, we could go for a walk and talk instead of sit at the table and talk. So try to think of ways that movement can just be part of the normal activity. Again, you don't need to be moving every second of the day, but the more often you can get up and move, the better. The sixth tip is to schedule it. So this goes with exercise especially, but really any physical activity. You want to look at your day and think, when can I fit this into my daily routine? Because our days all get busy. And if we don't put it on the calendar, it's probably not going to happen. So think in advance, when would be a good time to do this? If you're doing uh, formal exercise, like running, uh, speed walking, you're swimming, if you have a pool or this was pre-post somewhere in their COVID times, um, doing HIIT classes, anything like that, put it on your calendar. And if you do it first thing in the morning, it's done and it, nothing else will get in the way. So I really recommend if exercise is something that you want to ensure that you do every day, you need to do it in the morning. I get some people are not morning exercisers. If you can find a way to schedule it consistently later in the day, go for it. The vast majority of people will have other things in life come up that will get in the way. Even myself, who puts this as a very high priority, things get busy. Like sometimes I might want to do um, some kind of physical activity over my uh, quote unquote lunch break. We don't really get lunch breaks, but um, basically some time away just so I can reset. 
but things get busy. I get phone calls. I um, have to go take care of something. And next thing I know, it's two o'clock in the afternoon and I haven't exercised or eaten. And so I need to get back on track. And that's when things like exercise fall by the wayside. So if I make sure that I set an alarm and go for a run at 5.30 in the morning, I know it's done. Nothing can get in the way anymore because it's finished and the day hasn't even begun. So I really recommend trying to schedule it. And again, 21 days to make a habit. So if you schedule it for three weeks, chances are it will become routine and it won't be as bad as you were thinking it was going to be. Um, And you can really look at your schedule to see where it will fit best. Again, it doesn't have to be in the morning. I just think that that's best um, to ensure nothing gets in the way. Um, Another thing you can do is let's say every night you have some relaxation TV time. Maybe you could schedule that you're going to do certain exercises during the commercial breaks or every 10 minutes you're going to pause if you're like watching Netflix where there are no commercials. You'll pause and do a certain routine. Whatever it is, just schedule it formally so that you know you're going to do it because once it's on a calendar, you feel much more committed to actually accomplishing it and it's less likely that you'll forget because it's not in the back of your mind. Tip seven goes along with scheduling it, but it's to institute nightly walks. This uh, weather is starting to get nicer. Maybe you live somewhere where it's already nice, Um, but an evening walk is a great routine, especially if you have kids and a family. It's a great way to instill this like peaceful, quiet time with the family to get some energy out and just be in nature. You don't have to go to you know, a state park or anything. You can just do this around your neighborhood. But if every night after dinner, the family takes a 20-minute walk, that will be a, a habit that's instilled in those children forever. My husband's family took nightly walks when they were kids, and he and I frequently will take nightly walks. It's definitely gone down a little with our kids now because of their ages, but we continually try to institute this so it can be a more regular routine. Um, Pre-kids, we would do this almost all the time because it was nice to just get out and um, have this quiet time after dinner when the air is kind of crisp and cooling off from the warm day and the sun's starting to set. So I'd really encourage you um, as a family to consider instituting a nightly walk. Um, And kids can ride bikes and do other things, but just as a way to get outside. My eighth tip is to consider outside in nature an option for dates. So if you're going on a date default tends to be to go out to dinner in a movie or dinner and drinks and that adds up if you don't have kids you thankfully don't need to pay for a babysitter but regardless the cost of those things is quite expensive going out for a hike is free even if you have to buy a state park pass once a year it still is probably less money than that dinner in a movie would be i would encourage you to having this be an option on your list of ideas for dates Now, you don't need to go out in nature all the time, uh, but I do think it would be a great idea to have this even just be at the forefront of your mind because once a month, if you and a significant other or or you and a friend on a friend date, go hike somewhere, go snowshoe, go swimming, go do something outside in nature that costs basically nothing, you'll save money. You'll be much happier because being in nature actually promotes happiness and improved mood um, and you'll be getting physical activity. So it's a great way uh, for you to accomplish this increased activity and make it a priority. Again, if you have young children, they'll see mommy and daddy go go hiking when they're going on dates. That's interesting. And they'll start to think that's normal. And then they'll want to go do it. 
So the next time you have a date night coming up, consider doing something like that. Um, and a day date is also great. Uh, if you have young children like me, uh, sometimes it's sort of frustrating that you're paying a babysitter to just be sitting at your house while your kids sleep. And so if you do a day date, the babysitter is, is working with your children while you get a break completely from your children and you get to go out in nature. So um, I think day dates are awesome and I would really encourage you to consider an outside day date next time. The ninth tip is to invest in physical activity. I know everyone's financial situation is different and so this can be challenging sometimes. Like I said previously, being outside is completely free. You can just go walk on the sidewalks through your neighborhoods. Um, if you don't live in a place with sidewalks, you can probably drive or bike to a place that has sidewalks, um, but you can do something to be outside for free. But when we invest in physical activity, we're more likely to do it. It's just like anything in life. If you pay $300 for something, you're probably going to do whatever it is you paid for. So if it was a class or you bought something, you're going to use it. Whatever it is, when you put some money on the table, you're more likely to carry through it with it. Um, and I'm not saying everyone needs to go spend hundreds of dollars, but based on your financial situation, figure out what you can do and what is a level of money that will make you do it um, and will kind of nudge you towards completing this activity. So let's say you're somebody who is really motivated by numbers and goals. Well, maybe get a watch that tracks your steps. There range widely in price, but you can get one for about $20 at now, I think, maybe even cheaper, and set yourself a step goal. You've invested something, you're wearing it, and you're more likely to really try to reach that step goal. If you don't have that watch in your mind, you'll say, I'm going to walk more, but you have no idea how much you're walking and you can't hold yourself accountable. Similarly, park passes cost some amount of money, ranging anywhere from like $50 to $120 maybe, depending where you are and what type of pass you're buying. But when you invest in the park pass, then when you're going to go do something, you think, oh, I have this park pass. Maybe I'll go do that. I've already paid for it. Um, some people will say that their joints ache when they're walking, and it's because they're not wearing proper shoes. The same thing, you should invest in proper shoes so that you can do this exercise. Um, so really think about what you can afford to do and what will help motivate you to stay on track. Because when you have really nice shoes for walking or running, you're going to enjoy the experience of walking and running much more than if you have uh, you know, $10 shoes that aren't meant for that. So um, think about what is best for you and, and start with a, something small and reasonable. Please don't go buy a $500 uh, Phoenix watch to uh, go in the mountains with your GPS tracker if you've never done that before. Start small and work up to something big like that. The 10th tip is to commit. So if you can make being physically active a priority and you commit 100% to it, I promise you will see benefits. This would mean every day thinking, how am I going to be physically active? When you plan out your week on your calendar, you think, how can I fit physical activity or exercise into my day? When you're sitting, talking on the phone, you think, could I be doing this while I'm moving? Whatever it is, by committing to being more physically active, it will become at the forefront of your mind and it will make physical activity a much easier goal to attain. So I really encourage everyone to commit 100% to doing this and then make sure you do it for at least three weeks because once 21 days have passed, you will be in a place where you're much more likely to stay on track and sustain that momentum. 
That's all I have for today. I hope that you found this useful and at least one of these tips will resonate with you so that you can be more active in your day-to-day routine. I would love to hear what you're doing to stay physically active, especially in the setting of the coronavirus. So please um, head over to my Facebook page and leave a comment about what you're doing to stay active. Um, And please consider reviewing this podcast if you have found this helpful so others can know to subscribe and listen as well. Because I don't know about you, but I definitely use reviews to help guide me in determining which podcasts I'm going to listen to. I can't wait to be back with you all next week. We're going to be talking about exercise. So again, today was more about just physical activity in general. Next week, we're getting into exercise and the nuances of that. Take care and be well. Bye. While I make every effort to broadcast correct information, I am still learning. The views expressed on this podcast are solely my own, based on extensive experience and research. The views of this podcast are not those of any organizations that I am currently or previously affiliated with. If you have any concerns about views or opinions expressed in this podcast, please contact me directly at lynn.stiff at nutritionhealthlife.com. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another, and I am simply presenting my views on how to Use diet and lifestyle approaches to improve your health. By listening to this podcast, you agree to not use this podcast as medical advice or to treat any medical conditions that either yourself or others are experiencing. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Do not ignore or delay obtaining professional medical advice because of information accessed or otherwise obtained from or on behalf of Nutrition Health Life LLC or Lynn Stiff MD.